Welcome back. I am Winton, and this is the Tribal Brand Podcast, coming to you from Sumna. I hope you are all well. I'm doing very, very well. Thank you. I finally got the call. I'm going back to work, folks. I'm very, very excited. But as you know, I have trust issues. So I'm going to go about this very, very warily and take little baby steps as I go. I'll be doing multifamily apartments and townhomes in the beautiful city of Seattle. The Emerald City, here I come. I get to deal with all that wonderful, wonderful morning traffic and afternoon traffic. For those of you who live in the Seattle area, you know that it's going to be a real batch. Anyway, I'm going to take it with stride. I'm going to go in with open eyes and I will conquer I will be the very best construction manager that I can be. How many of you are familiar with the movie Broken Arrow with John Travolta? And in the movie, there was a phrase that was said. It has something to do with the one of the missiles saying that it's off the reservation. How many of you know that the phrase off the reservation is extremely negative and disparaging to the American Indian people. Because you see, back in the early 1900s even, the American Indian could not go off the reservation without a permission slip needed to be signed by one of the military people or somebody in charge. Now to be honest with you, I did not really think that much about it when I heard it, but the more I look into it, the more I find it extremely disparaging to use such a phrase. Even Hillary Clinton used it, and I'm going to quote here, quote, I have a lot of experience dealing with men who sometimes get off the reservation in the way they behave and how they speak. What? She has a lot of experience with this, I guess. She must have lived in the 1800s and experienced this. Are you kidding me? So, of course, after she said it, she had to do a lot of backpedaling. But the truth is, in history, if you left the reservation in the 1800s, a lot of time you were just killed. In fact, the Lakota Sioux at Wounded Knee, yeah, you remember that one. They were just trying to go from one reservation to another. And we all know how that ended. It didn't end well for the American Indian people. So whenever you hear somebody say, hey man, he's off the reservation. Think about it for a second. I'm off the reservation right now. I don't live on the reservation. I wonder if it's even legal for me to live in the city. I'm going to follow up on that and see if there's any laws that say, that read, that I can be off the reservation. For all I know, I could be breaking all kinds of laws. By living in the city of Sumner. And of course when Hillary Clinton was using that connotation. She was referring to Mr. Donald Trump. And of course Donald Trump pounced all over it. Raised all kinds of cane. How could you speak in such a way? Yet in the same sentence he'll refer to Elizabeth Warren as Pocahontas. Now Pocahontas she was a real human being. Not some cartoon character made up by the Walt Disney Studios. 
In fact, Pocahontas wasn't even her real name. It was a nickname. So she went down in history with only a nickname, not her real name, which was a mononute, or even a third name, Matoaka. And she even got to go to England in 1616, where the English referred to her as a civilized savage. And that was only in hopes of getting investors in the tobacco farm. See, she married a white guy who was a tobacco farmer. Yeah, sad. She died at an early age of pneumonia or tuberculosis. They weren't really quite sure that it was on the way back from her trips to England. So the next time you're having your children watch Pocahontas and everybody's happy and dancing and singing and everything's a wonderful, wonderful time, it's a lie. And whenever you hear Donald Trump say Pocahontas when he refers to Elizabeth Warren, keep this in mind, that she did take a DNA test and the maximum American Indian blood she has is 164th and it goes all the way down to possibly 1 120th. Now, to me, that's uh, pretty thin. That American Indian blood is pretty thin. I don't even know if you could slice a pie into that many pieces. So she doesn't even deserve the nickname Pocahontas. Donald Trump, stop it now. Have you all been listening to the latest news reports on a, a gentleman named Robert Kraft? Yeah, he's the uh, owner of the New England Patriots football team. And he's worth something like $6.6 billion. And he got himself caught. Got himself caught up in a little bit of a mm, compromising position, as it were. They got him on tape. Paying money to an Asian masseuse. And it has ties to sex trafficking rings out of China. And guess what, folks? He's really good friends with... The Don Trump. That's right. They're buddies. Pals. Amigos. So this guy, Robert Kraft, is denying everything. And the police have it on videotape of him exchanging money and having sex with these young little Chinese girls. Now, the whole sex trafficking ring, they get these women to come over here with the promise of work. But once they get here, they have to pay that money back. And a lot of times they spend years and years and years as a sex slave, catering to millionaires and billionaires like Robert Kraft and Don Trump. Let's be real, people. Donald Trump has paid for sex. He paid to hush that woman up. So he's no better than anybody else. He can sit back and he can bitch and he can moan and say, we need a wall. Because of sex trafficking rings out of Mexico when it's coming in from all over the world. What are you going to do, Don? What are you going to do to straighten this out? If I sound a little miffed, it's because I am. It pisses me off. Sexual abuse is a no-no. See, I had to witness that firsthand when I was just a child. Maybe five years old. My mother takes me and my sister down to Seattle to visit my father who was in prison at the time and we would stay at our grandparents' house and they were all drinking, always drinking. And my sister and I were in the same bed with mom sleeping and my dad's dad comes in and I'll never forget this as long as I live. 
He's only wearing a t-shirt. And my mother kicks him off and tells him, get the fuck out of here. And he left that time. But there was other times when he would lay on top of her when she was drunk and passed out and have his way with her. So that's one of the things that disgusts me the most about creeps like that. It wasn't long after that I remember my dad's dad laying on the couch and he had black eyes and he was all beat up. And I I was young, I didn't know what was going on, but I found out later in life that my dad's brother, my Uncle Gary, found out what he did, beat him bad, almost put him in the hospital, should have killed him. Who knows how many other women and children he did that to. Who knows how many lives he fucked up for his self-gratification. Yeah, the world would have been a better place without him when he died. I didn't feel any remorse. I didn't feel any ounce of pain for that sick motherfucker. The same sort of thing happened to my older sister, who's my grandmother's husband. We went down to Seattle once again to visit them, and they were all drinking and Mom was gone. Mom was off being Mom. Left us there. He and my grandmother had gotten back from their drinking. I was asleep, and apparently he did this while I slept, and I remember the next day, Melody telling me, so we left. I'm maybe six, and she might be eight. We're standing on top of a parking garage in Seattle in the middle of December, waiting for our mother to come back, waiting for mom. She finally came back the next day and took us home, and nothing was ever done about it, and nothing was ever the same again. You see... We lost trust in all human beings at that time. I mean, if you can't trust your adults, if you can't trust your mother or your grandparents to keep you safe, safe from harm, safe from anything, who can you trust? So, since that age, I haven't trusted one adult. Any of my elders, I never trusted. I remember going into a foster home when I'm like 15 years old, and... It was an American Indian. They were, they, were, they were Indians. And that's what the welfare people said, is I need to be with my own kind. I need to stick with my own kind. So they put me in a foster home in Deming, Washington. And there was a little girl there. She was a little Indian girl. I can't remember her name, but she was maybe five. They would lock her upstairs all day long. And then when it was dinner time, they would make her come downstairs and they would have her plate heaping piled with food and make her sit there and eat this whole plate of food. And once she was done, they would send her back upstairs by herself for the remainder of the day. And the only time they would allow her downstairs during the day was to clean, clean up after them. You see, in this foster home, they would lock the cupboards up at night, and they would lock the refrigerator up at night, so you couldn't get into any food, you couldn't snack. And I remember one time, I was off on a drinking binge with my best friend, Bill Ridley, at the time. And I come walking in the house. It was a Sunday morning. And Benita says to me, I'm going to report you to your probation officer because you're not supposed to be out drinking and smoking marijuana, smoking weed. She was sitting in her recliner and I said right back to her, well, that's okay. Because I'm going to turn you in for being abusive, for abusing and neglecting that little girl upstairs while you're spoiled rotten son sits in the other room playing his video games and watching his star wars the irony of that is he grew up to be a rapist went to prison he's probably still there 
I often wonder about that little girl. I wonder how she turned out. If she lived, I wonder if she was okay. I doubt it. Because who knows what other kind of neglect she had to suffer and endure in her life. It's sad. So all you some bitches out there buying prostitutes, cheating on your wives, all you millionaires and billionaires, just remember one thing. All those women were little girls at one time. Little girls who trusted, who trusted adults, who trusted that they were going to be taken care of and that their daddies would protect them. And now we have the owner of the greatest football team in history paying to have sex with young women who are caught up in a sex ring for his own self-satisfaction. And this is one of Donald Trump's good, good friends. In fact, when he was asked to speak about it, he says, Oh, I'm really, I'm really surprised. I'm surprised at that. Well, don't be surprised when someday they catch up to the President of the United States for doing the same damn thing. Wow. You're going to be saying, Pat, man, you really went off the deep end there. Yeah, I did. I, I did. I got caught up. My apologies, people. It's a crazy world we're living in right now. It's crazy what's going on out there. How about that Jesse Smollett? He paid two brothers, and I don't mean that in a black sense, two real brothers, to supposedly slap him around a little bit, put a noose around his neck, threaten his life a little bit, because he wanted some attention. And then he went on the news and actually got angry and pissed off and said, why would I do something like that? And the fact of the matter is, it sounds pretty much like he did that. Paid somebody to beat him up a little bit and then put a noose around his neck. How's that going to look? How's that look for America right now? Try to put it on whitey when they were black. And another thing, you're going to pay a check? Everybody knows in this country, you're going to be paying cash. Cash is king. Cash is the only way to hide stuff. So you're going to give somebody a check with your name on it that says, here's 3500 bucks, and then I'll give you $100 cash to go buy the materials you need to fake beat me up. You had all these people that were behind him. You know, my wife and I were sitting here when it first happened, and we were saying, wow, that seems kind of suspicious. That just seems kind of weird. Why? I mean, that just seems kind of odd. And sure enough, it was odd, all right. It was a setup. You had all these people that were behind him, too, saying, man, we need to catch these guys. We need to catch these guys who did this. The motherfuckers need to go to jail. Well, now he's going to go to jail. He needs to do a little time. Now, because he wanted some attention, he lost his job, lost his livelihood. Plus, he's going to have to pay back for all them cops that spent time looking for him, looking for the, the culprits, looking for the bad guys. Turned out they were his own bad guys. The bottom line is he did this because he didn't feel like he was getting paid enough for his role on Empire. Now, that's a big time show. Uh, they make a lot of money, make a lot of dough, but he was making $100,000 a week. Now, you multiply that by what? 22, 24 times, because that's how many episodes they have. So he was going to make over $2 million this year, but that wasn't enough. How much is enough, man? How much do you need to make in this world? I'm going to start a new job in a week, and the salary is not horrible, but it's not great. 
but it's nothing near that. I mean, he's going to make more in a week than I make in a freaking year. And that's not enough. Let me tell you something, dude. You weren't that talented. I saw a couple of the shows. Meh. You were all right. But the fact of the matter is, now you're going to make a big fat zero. You're going to make zero dollars now because you wanted more attention. Shame on you. Not only did you shame yourself, which, you know, we all shame ourselves from time to time, and that's our own business, but you shamed your family, you shamed your friends, you even shamed those people that are trying to hang on, those people that are using you. Trust me, dude, you ain't got no friends. All those people that were at the courthouse, you might have one or two people who really give a shit about you. The rest don't. You need to get rid of them. You need to get your head back into the game. Go get some help for your sickness because you do have enough time to redeem yourself. You're young enough to redeem yourself, but it's going to take a long time, buddy. So what you should do is go roll yourself up a blunt, have yourself a little cavassier, and say, thank you very much. There's nothing wrong with some weed. That's why they legalized it. I've never been arrested one time for being high on pot. As long as you're old enough to smoke weed and buy weed, it's okay for me. The only crime in weed is the strength of it. Oh my God. It's nothing like back in the day when I'm 14 years old, 13, 14 years old, buying a little bag of what they used to call homegrown weed for $5 for a big old sack of it that would last you like days and days. Now you buy yourself a gram of pot, you take one big hit, and you are fried. I've got a buddy of mine that works for the city of Gig Harbor. He's an inspector. I won't use any names, but you know who you are. This cat smokes pot like it's going out of style. Like it's going out of business. But he does enjoy his pot, and he will stay high from the time he gets off work until the time he gets up for work. I can't do that. My lungs can't handle it. In fact, I haven't smoked any pot since I got laid off because I was worried about having a drug test for a new job. Well, guess what, folks? The job that I'm starting, they're not requiring that I go take a pee test. So now I can go in and indulge in a little bit of weed. Not a lot, just a little bit, just in case something else comes up. I do have another company that wants to talk to me on Tuesday. I haven't heard back from them yet, but we'll see how that goes. Now keep this in mind, people. I'm not a pothead. I only use weed for medicinal purposes. You see, I had surgery back on August 29th, 2018. I had rotator tear surgery. Now, whoever's had this done before knows the significant pain that you endure during the healing and even before the healing. It is a beast. Now, I've never had surgery before, so for me it was no, I'm like, yeah, okay, let's get her done. I'll be back to work in a week or so. It'll be all good. Oh, no. Nothing like you could ever imagine. I went back to work after 11 days, and I was in a sling, and it was brutal. See, when you first go in for surgery, the doc is saying, oh, it's not that bad, uh, Orthoscopic surgery is less invasive. You should be fine. 
what they do is they poke holes in you and they run these tubes inside you and then they screw an anchor into your shoulder bone and then attach sutures to that into your tendons and pull the tendon down over the top of that anchor like a hood and it stays there forever. I asked the doctor after, I'm like, okay, doc, when are you going back in to pull them sutures out? And he goes, oh, no, they stay there forever. So now I have this contraption into my bone. August 29th has been quite some time ago, and I'm still suffering all kinds of range of motion issues. I have this weird popping, and it's like rubber bands in there popping back and forth. So after six weeks in a sling, I went in to have physical therapy. And let me tell you something, that was brutal as well. Now this little physical therapist dude was like twisting me and bending me and folding my shoulder up and down and all around. And the last time I went, I could hardly move my arm for like a week. And I told the doctor, I'm done, dude. I'm not going back there. I'll do my own physical therapy. So that's what I try to do. I just try to move it around, get my range of motion right, and just do my own thing, man. And I know my body more than the physical therapist does. So, there. So, if I smoke a little bit of pot once in a while for uh, medicinal purposes. Oh yeah, by the way, it happened at work. So, L and I, they controlled the doling out of the pain medication, which was very mild anyhow. The doctor said, well, I'd like to give you some more, but L and I cut me off. They don't want to turn me into an opioid addict. They don't want to have another one of those guys running around, robbing and stealing and eventually shooting up heroin. No, no, no. We can't have that. We have enough of those people running around dying on the streets already. Anyway, there's my story about my little shoulder repair surgery. I hope it all reaches you well. And in a week or so, I get to go back to work. I'm very excited and nervous at the same time. It's, uh... It's time. Housetosis has got me. I am stir crazy. I hope I didn't go into too much of a dark place for you guys this week. It's just something I felt like I needed to get off my chest. I don't know where I found that. It was deep inside me somewhere. But I lost my sister. She eventually died from her addictions. And um, I miss her. I miss her a lot. I wish there was something that could have been done for her. But... Anyway, uh, you all have yourself a wonderful, wonderful week. Peace.